with Kurt and Anthony on FM 96.3 and AM 620. WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here. And joining us online now is Leah Vukmir, and she is the... Uh, she is with the National Taxpayers Union. Good morning, Leah. How's it going? Good morning, Anthony and Kurt. How are you? We are doing great here. So you have, um, tell us, actually, first, before we get into some of the actual issues, tell us what the National Taxpayers Union Foundation is. Absolutely. Well, we have two arms, the National Taxpayers Union, which is the oldest taxpayer advocacy organization in the country based in D.C., I work out of my home state of Wisconsin, and I run the state affairs there. I run around the country talking to state lawmakers, like Kurt used to be, and um, encourage them to advance good, sound fiscal, tax, and regulatory policy. The National Taxpayers Union Foundation is our research arm. They do all the great work and provide me with the information to help me go out to the states and talk to state lawmakers. The uh, people who make the differences and the people who make all the great changes. Hopefully make all the great changes, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. There is an element of truth there. <laughs> all right. So now tell us about uh, what you've been talking about now is reforming the payroll tax and unemployment insurance. Yes. You know, while so much emphasis uh, in state houses around the country um, talk about reforming income tax, reforming property tax, uh, people don't think about the payroll tax and the extent to which it you know, seriously uh, affects small business owners. And, and honestly, that's how this project got started. One of my colleagues at NTU is also a small business owner. And Anthony, I understand you are as well. And one day she was complaining about, um, after she had a meeting with her accountant, she was complaining about the effects of the payroll tax and unemployment insurance on her bottom line. So there you have a small business owner and a former state lawmaker. We put our heads together and we decided it was very important to educate both the public and lawmakers um, what these taxes are. You know, we see an awful lot of acronyms on, on our uh, pay stubs. Um, what's actually being taken out of our paycheck? What can be done to improve that for business owners and ultimately individuals? Because to the extent that a business is stretched because they're paying too much in taxes, it means they can't hire as many people. So um, the pandemic opened our eyes, many people's eyes, to the problems with UI, and, and that's why we decided to put this report together and to create a very simple toolkit that state lawmakers could use if they want to address this issue in their state. So um, what do you find that the, the, the government did, I mean, obviously it's been going up, but um, where where's the most significant increase? <clears throat> well, you know, it's very interesting. You know, the uh, recent GAO report came out, and it said that UI fraud is up by $135 billion, double previous estimates. So that tells us that every state can benefit from the reforms that we have in our toolkit. So, you know, obviously the pandemic, there were unprecedented uh, job losses and the sheer magnitude of unemployment claims overwhelmed many state UI systems. And because of that, you know, to support to those who lost their jobs, the government expanded those UI benefits through a lot of relief packages. 
And that's when the influx of claims exposed quite a number of vulnerabilities and where fraud is able to occur. And that's uh, there are many areas that states can get involved to make a difference. And so that's really what we have outlined in our report. Well, and we're about to increase ours. I mean, uh, we're, the, uh, paid family leave. There's a, there's a variety of programs that are that are going to going to hit. But what can um, I mean? How do you how do you get the kit your your toolkit in the right people's hands? Uh, because I, I don't think people realize when I I go through the those lines with employees, they're like, okay, so. You know, I made this much money, but what's FICO? What's FUDA? What's, you know, uh, what's UI? You know, all these things. Um, h- how, do you, how do you spread the word? Sure. Well, for one, they can go to um, ntu.org and get a copy of our comprehensive report. And they can certainly get in touch with me and my colleagues who wrote the paper. Um, but beyond that, it's just... Understanding what is going on. Obviously, unemployment insurance uh, was created, as with a lot of government programs, with good intentions. And then what happens is um, people find little cracks and crevices uh, through which they can uh, bend the rules. And obviously, we want uh, UI to provide a temporary income to people who are out of work due to no fault of their own. And that's um, where some people are jumping around the system. So let's, let's talk about some of the things uh, that can be done. Um, adjusting the benefit levels uh, to the economic conditions. You know, most states offer 26 weeks of unemployment insurance. Uh, there's, uh, there are some states that are, uh, have now developed an indexing based on the economy. So benefits should, when you think about it, be adjusted based on the state of the economy to ensure that you meet the needs of the unemployed. So a sliding scale for benefits tied to economic conditions. And two states that come to mind are Florida and North Carolina uh, that have successfully done this. You know, when jobs are plentiful, there is less need. And when the economy is slow, there is a greater need. And instead of always having the static amount of 26 weeks, uh, it should be adjusted based on what is happening in the economy. Um, another reform that we believe should be done is improving work search programs. So in other words, um, every state, as you know, with the UI and this is a federal program, but the states are in charge with the details on how to implement the program, who benefits from the program. But um, what happens is in some states, people start collecting unemployment, and then it's up to them to fill out a questionnaire that talks about what are their skills, what are their capabilities. And then weeks later, that is put into a system where our, our government, your government, state government workforce development program tries to align workers with available openings. We believe that states should require that initial skills assessment at the time that somebody is uh, applying for those benefits. Now, you would think, gentlemen, that that would be the obvious and that that's how it would take place, but in many states that does not happen. Yeah, or or ever. 
Uh, or, or ever. Or, yeah. Um, all right. Well, I uh, want to continue this conversation. We're going to take a quick two-minute break. The McKenzie Country Classic Hotline is open for uh, questions uh, after the break. 888 We'll be right back. We're, we're talking with Leah Vukmir from the... Uh, Drive with Kurt and Anthony on FM 96.3 and AM 620. WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody. We are continuing our discussion now with Leah Vukmir. She is the Vice President of State Affairs for the National Taxpayers Union Foundation. So, Leah, um, you had mentioned that there are um, a variety of things in the toolkit that, that states can benefit from. Uh, what, what are they? Talk to me a little bit about them. Yes. Well, I already talked about the indexing, and we talked about the work search programs. One that I think that's important to people who live in Vermont is that um, you should consider encouraging independent contractors to participate and contribute to the unemployment insurance program. Florida, Georgia, and Vermont have probably the highest percentage of independent contractors. And um, they are not required to participate in that program. Encouraging them would probably go a long way towards helping uh, individuals and helping businesses when um, economic times change. So that's when we would definitely be interested in talking with your state lawmakers about, and we'd be happy to help them with uh, drafting legislation. Another thing that can be done is to, the biggest one, is preventing fraud and ineligible claims. There, there are so many simple things that states could be doing to make sure that the correct people are receiving benefits um, you know, what's happening in some states is people are using deceased individuals' social security numbers, um, or people who are incarcerated are actually getting claims. And it would be very easy for states to implement systems of cross-referencing records, the birth and death records. So there's also a national new hire uh, directory that would definitely help in that area. Another um, area that could be addressed is uh, um, looking at payments to out-of-state claimants. You wouldn't be surprised, you would be surprised at the number of people who are applying for unemployment in multiple states. And yes, so this is a big, big area of fraud. And so payments should only go to obviously eligible claimants and states could easily verify the location and identity of these claimants, and this involves, you know, again, agencies at the state level uh, sharing information. And Kurt, you know how much red tape there is mm-hmm. in state houses. Um, so one thing that you could do is, you know, bring financial institutions in. They can assist by flagging suspicious account activity. And you know, in the state of Iowa, for example, they face challenges verifying banking information during the pandemic. So, um, obviously, this is uh, another area that things can be done. Um, incentives for finding long-term employment. I think this is a really good one. Because states could and should explore you know, offering one-time bonuses that would incentivize unemployed individuals to find and retain long-term employment. So, West Virginia actually did that. Uh, their low labor force participation rate, actually they're looking at it, could definitely benefit from such a program. So they, so they encourage people uh, finding long-term employment. Do they, do they have uh, like um, uh, 
bonuses or payments after they've been a, been in a position Correct. for a year for a period of time yeah. exactly interesting for long, so there, yeah. these are a variety of things that could be done and and clearly um, the bottom line is that business owners and really need certainty in the tax code and they also should have confidence in government agencies and I know that's not an easy thing to have these days um, to execute the code properly and efficiently. And the other thing that I would add is that these really should be bipartisan reforms. There's no reason that this should be a Republican or a Democrat issue because to the extent that there is fraud in this system, it means that there is there are fewer dollars to go to programs that the truly needy and those who really need government assistance are able to receive. And that's my pitch. And if I were in my state house in Wisconsin, I would be reaching across the aisle and talking to my colleagues on the other side and saying, look, we really need to work together. And in actuality, Wisconsin did a great job of reforming things um, under Governor Scott Walker. And it's, it's truly remarkable what can be done. And I was really proud to be a part of a lot of those reforms. And uh, we were able to make a huge dent in, in some of the problems that we had in our state. So I think that there's a lot that can be done. I would really encourage, first of all, individuals to um, start investigating, read the report, understand what your pay stub is all about, what all those alphabet soup letters mean, and, and then contacting their lawmakers and say, hey, we've got a great idea. We think this is a win-win. It's a win-win for everyone in the state of Vermont. It's a win for individuals. It's a win for businesses. And quite frankly, I think it's, it's good government, and it allows for some bipartisanship, which, as you all know, doesn't happen too much these days. Right. Yeah. We're talking to Leah Vukmir. She is from the taxpayers' um <laughs> Union. National Taxpayers Union there Foundation. You go. <laughs> and if you have a question for her, we've got a few minutes left with Leah, so you still have time to give her a, qu- a call. 888 on the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline. Um, do you feel that uh, that states are taking this seriously enough? Are states, uh, have you been to Vermont's legislature? Do you think they are taking this these reform considerations seriously enough? Well, we just released the report. So I'm happy to come out to Vermont and talk to your your lawmakers about it. Um, we hope to generate a lot of uh, interest in this. This is the first phase of our report where we um, we wrote the report, we did the research, we developed the toolkit, and now the next phase uh, over the next coming months, as many states are starting their legislative sessions in January, we are going to be reaching out to lawmakers and proposing these ideas in hopes that they will decide to draft some of these bills into legislation. So um, if there are any lawmakers in your state listening, they can get in touch with me through ntu.org. But again, this is the beginning of the drumbeat, and we're so grateful that you had us on the air. My colleagues and I are currently talking to um, radio shows all across the country in hopes to generate interest because we really believe that this area hasn't been investigated enough and that there is a, a real opportunity to make a difference, and it all starts with education. Certainly. I, I am dumbfounded to hear that payments are made to out-of-state claimants uh, quite frequently. I, I just, Correct. You know, that's one of those things I just assumed. But it's not mailing a check to a Vermont address. Nowadays, it's all electronic, and 
and you could be anywhere. Well, that's true. You know, less than 3.5% of the population have paper checks. So um, that's, that, that is, you can see why that area is ripe with fraud and why people could seize upon that and, and try to take advantage of the system. It seems like in the past, Leah, you can tell me if this is right or wrong, that over years that the uh, payroll tax was used mostly for Social Security and Medicare, uh, but it's now being used more and more for other things. Um, is, that, is that accurate? Well, yes, because at the federal level, Social Security and Medicare is um, the broad umbrella, but then the state, states, it's up to the states to develop the unemployment and payroll tax um, system. So each state is able to uh, to uh, create a program and decide the eligibility requirements, who, what, how, when uh, people are to receive their unemployment. And so it is a joint federal and state program, and it is, you know, a bit crazy. Um, Anthony, you're a business owner, so you know how this works. You know, the employer pays half, the employee pays half. It's roughly 15%. Um, you know, the alphabet soup of, you know, mm-hmm. F-U-T-A and S-U-T-A. And then the money goes to D- Washington and then it comes back to the employer. And, um, you know, it, it's, you know, classic government uh, in that it's uh, a lot of red tape. But, yes, the, the actual state part, state component is the unemployment insurance and the payroll tax. And failure to make these reforms by states will mean... What I mean, wasting a lot more money. Wasting money and not having those valuable resources uh, for the programs that government should be providing to the citizens of your state. Well, Leah, thank you for being on the show today, and I hope you do get a chance to come to Vermont and speak with our Vermont legislators. Well, thanks so much for having us on the air. Really do appreciate it. And again, ntu.org. Have a great day, guys. All right. Yeah, thank Leah you very much. Bookmere from the National Taxpayers Union Foundation. Uh, thanks for being on the show and talking about these important potential reforms. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. NTU.org. If you're interested, you can uh, go to the website. It's uh, very informative. A lot of stuff there. All right. Well, we're going to check in with Fox News. Amanda's got the headlines, and uh, we've got a pretty decent forecast for the first few days of the week. And then...